why faith, right? We showed how faith is a substance of things hoped for and the evidence of things not seen. And we showed how faith is the response of the human spirit to God's word. We showed how faith is the conviction of the truthfulness or the rightness of God, not so, and his word. And we discussed the topic, why faith? We're looking at why we have to investigate and uh, look at such a topic. And we looked at reasons such as, number one, without faith, it is impossible to please God. You can try anything you do. If you don't have faith, you're not going to please Him. Praise the Lord. We looked at a few other reasons. Hallelujah. I don't know if you remember any. What other reason did I mention? Why faith? Or was that what I focused on? Yeah, it's a foundational doctrine. Uh-huh, what else? It pleases God, exactly. Then we explained what faith is not. We explained that there's a difference between faith and being positive. And today, we're going to look at a very interesting topic. We're going to look at two kinds of faith. Two kinds of faith. We're going to look at two kinds of faith. Praise God. Okay, we're going to look at how to get the best and most expensive cars. Okay, how, how to make a million dollars. We're looking at two kinds of faith. Yeah, that's what I wanted. There's no way I can tell you we're looking at two kinds of faith. And they look at me like, like you know that lecture that you didn't want to attend. And then somehow you're in it. The lecturer is not involved. You're also not. You're both just really passing time. Praise God. And I'm going to start by telling you a story. Um, when I was younger, I'll never forget, I loved visiting my uncle's house. I was not the kind of person who visited a lot. Um, you know those people who don't mind being home and being on their own? Yeah, that was me. Probably still, the being home part probably still is me. I'm not really very outgoing. I don't have much of a social life. Praise God. You, you are my social life. You know, the ones I look forward to meeting. Like my best days are Sunday and Wednesday. Okay? So I'm not the kind of person who really has much of um, a social life. And I'm not very adventurous. You know, there are people who try things bungee jumping. I don't try things like, you no, know, walk with the cheetah. Or walk with the lion. No, I'm, I'm not the type. I always imagine in my head that the lion will look up to the sky and then someone will tell it, Remember who you are. And to turn to me and say, Hey. And people will be like, It's never beaten anyone before. I don't want to be the first. <laughs> okay. So I'm not as adventurous. And I never enjoyed visiting. I preferred being alone. I 
had a bunch of things, bottle tops, stones, and the like, and I named them all according to their shape. Sadly, I can still remember some of the names. <laughs> there was a nail cutter that I named Didier Drogba. I don't know why. <laughs> okay. If he's watching, please forgive me. So nevertheless, um, there was one uncle in particular that I loved visiting. And apart from the fact that we would talk about football, if I was to be very honest with myself, one of the major reasons I love visiting is because they are DSTV. Okay? And there's another cousin I also love visiting for the same reason. Because I was able to watch, as far as I was concerned, their TV was better than mine because it had access to more channels. I could watch more cartoons and all those things because they had that stuff. And so in my head, being a child, I linked DSTV to their house or their houses. Then one day, I'll never forget, it was an afternoon, I saw these men walking in and they came to connect at our place. My visits reduced. I was still, I think the first show I watched was edited and ended. Anyways, when they connected, it was shocking to me that the same signal they could catch that side, I could catch it. Um, and it was just as clear. Now, why have I given you that illustration? It means DSTV was always at our house. BBC was always in our house. The cartoon network I wanted was always in our house. We just didn't have a satellite and we didn't have a decoder. The signals were always there. They, did, they, are all, they were always there. As we speak in this room, if we're to channel the right satellite and put the right decoder, we can all sit here and watch BBC. So meaning BBC is in this room. And yet we can't see the radio waves, can we? And yet we can't see... We can't see the radio waves, but we believe that we can catch these things in here. What am I trying to say? There is more than one meets the eye. With that illustration, let's look at faith. You can praise God. Okay. So now, I want us to look at two kinds of faith. Now, I'm narrowing it down to two kinds of faith because I believe if we're to go into detail, we can find several perversions of faith. Um, faith is probably the most powerful tool in the world. Because even when used in the negative, it still influences society. Have you ever sat down and thought, how can a guy just go and be a suicide bomber? Like, doesn't he think, doesn't he have a conscience? It's faith. They've been told that if they're going to do that, they're going to find 70 virgins waiting for them. It's a promise of something better that they can't see. And that's why you notice it's difficult to stop a person whose belief is in something bigger than you. 
it's also difficult to stop a person who's not afraid of death. What will you threaten them with? Do this and we'll kill you. Meaning the greatest solution is to change their idea, is to change the way they think, is to change their faith. Okay. We're going somewhere. And so we're not dealing with those. I'm going to be dealing with the utmost basics. And so the first kind of faith I'll be dealing with is what we'll call the human kind of faith. Somebody say the human kind of faith. Say to your neighbor, the human kind of faith. So we're going to start with this. We'll talk about the human kind of faith. This one. It's okay, no keyboard for now. Now, this kind of faith, I believe, is taught to you. It's a product of what you're taught. Let me tell you why I say so. Because if you study the psychology of a child, do you know why a child can easily spill milk that it's given? If you've studied a few, if you've studied a few people who've studied childhood psychology, we are going somewhere. If I'm not mistaken, Piaget, Jean Piaget, right? He studied childhood psychology. Okay. If you notice what he studied and some of the things that he found out, he was able to tell that the way a child thinks is a child doesn't believe that something stops existing. Let me tell you what I mean. If a mother of the child walks out of the room and then comes back later. It trains the child to think that, oh, just because somebody has walked out doesn't mean they're not there anymore. So they're still existing. So if you give that child milk and the child spills the milk, as far as they're concerned, the milk has not gone. That milk will come back because it's the way they are trained to think. Then as you grow up, you're taught the human kind of thing. And that's what we're dealing with. The human kind of faith is a faith that is scientific. It's a faith that is seeing is believing. If you can see it, if you can touch it, if you can smell it, if you can feel it, which sense have I left out? If you can taste it, it's not there. That's the kind of faith that's human it's scientific it's you have to touch it for you to believe it's there and that's why you'll notice that as time has gone by the people who are considered to be the most educated or the most elite in society have you noticed that a lot of them are turning atheist because as far as they are concerned if they've not seen it if they've not experienced it then there must be a there must be a reasonable explanation for it and the trouble is that when they don't have an explanation for it, they'll call it dogma. We are going somewhere. And I'm going to show you from the scriptures a few people who practice this kind of faith. Numbers chapter number... Funny, eh? Numbers chapter number. So, Numbers chapter number 13. 
and we're going to read from verse 25. So let me give you the scenario. In this book and in this portion of scripture, the promised land, how many of you remember that there is this thing called the promised land, right? And the Israelites were delivered from Egypt for them to go to the promised land. And so Moses sends people to go and spy on that land. Imagine, God has already told you, I've given it to you. And so Moses sends his people to go and spy on what God had already freely given them. But they were going to have to fight for what they were freely given. I hope you're learning the Christian walk. It's still a fight of faith. And so when he sent the people, this is what happened. They returned from spying out the land after 40 days. Now they departed and came back to Moses and Aaron and all the congregation of the children of Israel in the wilderness of Paran at Kadesh. And they brought back word to them and to all the congregation and showed them the fruit of the land. Remember, God had already told them that you guys are going to go to a land with milk and honey. Next verse. Then they told him and said, we went to the land where you sent us. It truly flows with milk and honey, and this is its fruit. So already they're confirming what God said. Then they say, nevertheless, the people who dwell in that land are strong. The cities are fortified and very large. Moreover, we saw the descendants of Anak there. You know what that means? Anak, the descendants of Anak, these were huge people like Goliath. Next verse. The Amalekites dwell in the land of the south. The Hittites, the Jebusites, the Amorites dwell in the mountains. And the Canaanites dwell by the sea and along the banks of the Jordan. Uh -huh. Then Caleb quieted the people. He said, guys, keep quiet. And he says, let us go up at once and take possession, for we are well able to overcome it. Next verse. But the men who had gone up with him said, we are not able to go up against the people, for they are stronger than we. Uh -huh. And they gave the children of Israel a bad report of the land which they had spied out, saying, the land through which we have gone as spies is a land that devours its inhabitants, and all the people we saw in it are men of great stature. There, there we saw the giants, the descendants of Anak come from the giants, and we were like grasshoppers in our own sight, in our what? Our own sight. What were they using? Their own sight. And says, we were like grasshoppers in our own sight. And so we were in their sight. It's interesting. Uh -huh. So the congregation lifted their voices and cried. And the people wept that night. My friend, who is your preacher? What message are you hearing? What message are you hearing? What message have you believed? What message have you believed? And what have they preached to you? Now, those were people who were practicing sight. Faith that has to make sense to the senses. And 
the sensible thing to do was not to go and fight those people. It just didn't make sense. And so they gave a report according to that. And so here are a few things you note about this kind of faith. It's all about facts. It deals with facts. It deals with facts. It deals with scientific facts. It's factual. It's where you begin judging your life by statistics. You know, the average Zambian gets to live up to this and this age, so I will live up to this and this age. No, when you're diagnosed with this disease, you only live for two years. Which report have you heard? Which one have you heard? No, this is how far you can go in this career. Are you sure? There are no jobs in Zambia. Are you sure? What about the ones who are working? There's no money in this nation. What are all those guys coming all those guys from abroad, what are they coming to do here? They're coming to look for what? If the money was that side, why are they coming here? Why are they investing here? How did Britain develop? They did not go and get resources from everywhere else. What have you believed? It, it, there's, this, there's this notion. Maybe should I take it a step further? Maybe you're listening to me right now and perhaps let's say let's say let's take for example you don't have a womb. And wombs don't grow up, don't grow back. Who told you? It depends on how close you are with the supplier. No, it depends. Listen. There are certain cars which if you buy that car and you bring it to Zambia, and for that matter you go to a remote area, once you lose a spare part, forget because that spare part has to be ordered. But my friend, if you, if, if you live next to Toyota, and there's a spare part that you need for your car, I don't think you'll be as concerned as that person who has to order it online and see if it's available. Worse off, if you are the owner of Toyota, you're the son to the owner. Your concern might not be as much. But let's... Let's, 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 let's come back down to earth. I'm talking about the human kind of faith. It's the faith that sees with the mind. It's a faith that analyzes from the physical. And here's another thing about it. It does not consider God's word. It does not consider God's word. And you know something? There are many people I have met. The biggest problem I've met with a number of people is a believing problem. Let me give you an example. Okay. If today you went online and there's a video 
And the video says, Prophet walks on water. Let's even make it more correct. African prophet. No, let's say, how did the videos go? There was, there was once an article I read about myself. I was in shock. I think it was a South African, uh, a South African magazine or something. They wrote about me. Controversial, flamboyant, <laughs> young prophet from Zambia. <laughs> Praise the Lord. Eh? Kind of flamboyant. And, but you know, some things have to stop. I'll just say it again. Some things have to stop. Let me not go to that topic. I was going to tell you how um, if you're not careful, you can end up lacking reverence for men of God. Okay. Just because there's a counterfeit $100 bill doesn't mean the original doesn't exist. And there's a reason why there's no counterfeit $3 bill because there's no original $3 bill. If I was to be okay, I was going to I was going to give a philosophical comment. I I, I was told the somebody who told me no no no, um, I can't come to your church because it's uh, I think they call it Pentecostal, and that's where false prophets are found in the Pentecostal circle. So I asked, okay, if we're gonna be philosophical, if I'm a false prophet and I'm trying to counterfeit something. Then won't I go where the true ones are? Okay, so what was I saying? Mm -hmm. Usually the false and the true are found in the same places. It's scripture, the wheat and the tares, the Moses and others. But let's forget all that. I'm trying to give an example. So controversial, flamboyant, young apostle, Frederick Kaluluma, walks on water. What's the first thing that comes to your mind? If the first thing that comes to your mind is fake, then you've got a believing problem. Now, I'm not saying people don't do gimmicks. Of course, they're there. But I like the idea of what they're trying to do. No, I like the idea. I like the idea that they're trying to. Maybe they don't know how to really do it, but at least they're trying to do something out of this world. You're not going to defeat them by writing magazines or publishing stories are you how did moses defeat the magician he released a documentary magicians exposed these people who tend their stuff to no 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 he made his stuff turn into a snake and it ate theirs some people are busy out there saying hey what's wrong with us why are people going to all these false people? Start showing us your God. They'll come to you. They'll come. Praise God. But what am I trying to say? Majority of people have a believing problem. They've got a believing problem. The first thing that comes to their mind is fake. It's so difficult to believe. Um, we had... I remember conferences and just generally meetings where there's a testimony, maybe there's a healing or something. And the first thing that people ask is, so are they really healed? As in, there was a day I discovered I have so much money, I was so excited. I said, yes, in Jesus' name, I claim it. Because I was told we pay people to, um, 
give testimonies of healing. I said, all those people, praise God, I received that money. Surely they're blessing me. Hallelujah. <laughs> what I'm trying to say is, if the first thing that comes to your mind when you hear a leg group, someone's body receives a spare part, if the first thing that comes to your mind when we call someone for to pray for them, if the first thing that comes to your mind is, will it work? Let's see if it will work. You've got a problem. You've got a believing problem. And the Bible says, he that comes to God must come believing. That's one of the topics I'll be teaching in this series, come believing. He that comes to God must come believing that he is. Meaning there is a way God expects you to see him before you come. And those who see him that way before they come, there is something they receive that other people do not receive. Praise God. It's a kind of faith that is based on experiences. It's governed by experiences. I remember one time I was watching a video of is this man called Surprise Us, he told me he's had a number of miracles of people rising from the dead. So I was watching it and I remember posting about it and somebody commented saying, rising from the dead? No, that's not possible. It's like they're trying to say that's too big a miracle. That could happen in Jesus' time. I'm like, and the person tells me, that used to happen in Jesus' time. Now we only have the Holy Spirit. I said, hey. I'm telling you. And this is one thing I'll tell you. Do you know how this thing starts? It starts when we start reducing the scriptures and giving every scripture a spiritual meaning. I'm not saying you can't get a spiritual revelation out of something. For example, you hear somebody come, and I agree with the revelation, by the way. But you hear somebody come and say, um, there was a woman with the issue of blood for 12 years. The number 12 symbolizes the 12 tribes of Israel. I agree with that revelation. I, I've heard the teaching and understood it. But the moment we forget that there was still a woman with the issue of blood who got healed, then we'll have a problem. We have shown you how that rock was Christ. But the moment we forget that a rock actually produced water, we'll have a problem. Don't forget that the things in the Bible actually happened. As in, don't always have to have this mystical reason. Why did Jesus walk on water? To get to the other side. Praise God. You know, he, if you've read one of, the, one of the books, he was even going to bypass the disciples. Because he told them, I'll meet you that side. So he was trying to get to the other side. He checks his no boat. Okay. Let's go. Let's go. And I don't know about you, but I dare to believe that miracles still happen. Yeah. Apostle Fred, have you ever walked on water? No. Not yet. <laughs> But I'm not of the first kind of faith. Have you ever seen somebody? No, not yet. Although through the eyes of the scriptures, there's a man I saw do it. Let me show you how God treats this seeing is believing mentality. And let me just mention this again. There are many people who don't really believe the word. There is 
someone may come to me and say, uh, Pastor, I don't pray for healing because there's somebody I knew who was very spiritual and they prayed for healing and it didn't work and they went to be with the Lord. That person was very wise. You're being very foolish. When they go to heaven, what they'll celebrate is not whether they got healed or not. It's the fact that they had faith to be healed. It's faith that's celebrated. Read Daniel chapter 11. I'm telling you, some people who you laugh at right now for having faith, heaven celebrates them. It's faith that's celebrated. If you've read Hebrews chapter 11, why it shows the whole faith. People are celebrated for their faith, not even necessarily for the results. First, it's for their faith. That's the first thing that gets you celebrated. It's for your faith. Because without faith, it's impossible to please God. That's why some of the worst sermons you'll hear at funerals. Someone is asking why, right? Because, because at most funerals, you know what people preach? They preach an excuse. So they'll come up with something that's so unfaith-like. So they'll come up and they'll come and say. You know, if, if a person gets to preach a funeral message, the best you can do is just comfort the people the way the Bible says you should. Not to come and that death can come at any time. Some of you on your way back, my friend, and you're a preacher, you're cursing the people. You're cursing them. You've got too much authority to be saying that. You're cursing them. And then if somebody is sick and you're called to go pray for them for healing, I wouldn't want you to come pray. God forbid, I would never be in that position. But let's say the old me was in that position. I wouldn't want, I wouldn't have wanted you to come pray for me. You who believes it can come at any time. I would want the one who believes with long life, I will satisfy him. That's the one I would want. And let me tell you how I know that. I can tell by the kind of phone calls I receive. There are certain things which when, when you're a person of faith, when people have certain cases and they need somebody to believe for a crazy result with them, they're the one they'll call. I don't know about you, but I believe, for me, I'm the kind of person who, if they say there's a 1% chance, I'm like, oh, that, praise God. Hallelujah. No. This person has been given three days to live. You're telling me I've got three days to pray. <laughs> three days. You want me to pray for three days and think I'll say nothing? <laughs> said, please, too long. Give me an hour. Hallelujah. <laughs> now, let me show you something from the scriptures. And I'm going to come back to this one, really. But let's look at a certain gentleman. One of your friends. Let's go. John chapter number 20. <laughs> you guys are laughing as if you already know who I'm talking about. John chapter 20. I was sure our nicknames can last. Years later. Hmm. Anyway, John, John was an interesting writer. Do you know that? Let me tell you why I say he was an interesting Let's start from verse 1. Do you know why he was an interesting You know he's the one who wrote the book of John. Have you noticed it's only in the book of John where it's recorded that John was a disciple whom Jesus loved? That's like there's a part of me that finds it funny that Moses wrote the first five books and then there's one portion where it says, now Moses was the most humble man who ever lived. 
And then you hear people saying, if you call yourself humble, you're not humble. Anyway, so now the first day of the week, <laughs> Mary Magdalene went to the tomb early, where it was still dark, and saw that the stone had been taken away from the tomb. Let's continue. Then she ran and came to Simon Peter and to the other disciple whom Jesus loved. You know, to have just said, John, and said to them, they have taken away the Lord out of the tomb, and we know not where they have laid him. Uh -huh. Peter therefore went out, and the other disciple, and we're going to the tomb. Hold on. Just stay there. I want you to see verse 4. Verse 4 is where? <laughs> Look at this. So they both ran together, and the other disciple outran Peter <laughs> and came to the tomb first. Like, why, John? Why? <laughs> the guy just had to show us that he was fast. He was for competition, eh? Me and him are so not alike. Okay. Praise God. <laughs> Next verse. And he stooping down and looking in, saw the linen clothes lying there. And yet he did not go in. Uh -huh. Then Simon Peter came following him and went into the tomb and saw the linen and the clothes lying there. Now we all know the story and we see that they got to meet. Um, I want us to go a bit down. Maybe can we go to verse 15 somewhere there. Jesus meets with Mary, says, Woman, why are you weeping? Who are you seeking? She, supposing him to be the gardener, said to him, Sir, she's talking to Jesus, if you carried him away, I beg you, tell me where you have laid him. If you're Nigerian, oh my God, and I will take him away. Uh -huh. I know she thought she could somehow carry him. Okay. And Jesus said to her, Mary, and they turned and said to him, Rabboni. <laughs> okay, which is to say, teacher. Let's keep going. And he gives a few instructions. Go to verse 20. We're building, eh? Mary Magdalene came and told the disciples that she had seen the Lord. Can we go back to verse 16? I just want us to follow. Verse 17, 17, let's go. 18. Mary Magdalene came and told the disciples that she had seen the Lord and that he had spoken these things to her. Uh -huh. The same day at evening, being the first day of the week, when the doors were shut, where the disciples were assembled for fear of the Jews, Jesus came and stood in the midst and said to them, Peace be with you. Imagine the meeting. Like you are seated, then Jesus just appears, Peace be with you. Uh -huh. when he had said this he showed them his hands and his side the disciples were glad when they saw the Lord uh -huh. and Jesus said to them again peace to you as the father has sent me I also send you and when he had said this he breathed on them and said receive the Holy Spirit uh -huh. and then he says if you forgive the sins of any they are forgiven them if you return the sins of any they are returned as a topic for another day. Now, Thomas called the twin, one of the twelve, was not with them when Jesus came. Uh -huh. The other disciples therefore said to him, we have seen the Lord, and he said to them, 
unless I see in his hands the print of the nails and put my finger into the print of the nails and put my hand into his side, I will not believe him. Hold on. Hold on. Why was Thomas supposed to believe? Because Jesus had prophesied it countless times. Jesus had said, destroy this temple, I'll build it up again in three days. Jesus had told them, in a little while longer, you're not serious anymore. A little while after, you will see me. The words were supposed to be enough. And Thomas literally promised he won't believe. And this is the biggest trouble that has hit many of us. We've literally decided that just certain things we won't believe. We'll just have this calm Christianity that just, you know, just love the Lord and whatever he decides to give me, he's given me. That which he's not given me, he's not given me. And anything that happens in my life is God's will. There are those who are like Caleb. <laughs> there are those who are like Caleb who say we are well able. That's another dimension. We're coming to it. So now, look at the next verse. After eight days, his disciples, so eight days the guy didn't believe. Somehow they were all just crazy. No, you came for a meeting. The power of God hit someone. They flew from here to there. They're making it up. My friend, you think that person wants to come with all that makeup on their face? Just to fly from there to there. Like someone just came, ah, Leo, <laughs> like, do, you, do you honestly think a person will come to church just for that? Honestly. And mascara coming down now. It's like, I know what I've seen. Do you honestly think a person came to church for that? Praise God. This I will not believe mentality. So you think all of us just make things up. When we tell you it charges us up, we are all somehow making it up. And you know the interesting thing, Benny Hinn puts it well. He says, a person who has an experience is not at the mercy of a person with an argument. No matter how hard you argue, a person with an experience is above you. Okay. So after eight days, his disciples were again inside, and Thomas with them. Then Jesus came, the doors being shut, and stood in the midst and said, Peace to you. Then he said to Thomas, Reach your finger here, look at my hands, reach your hand here, put it into my side. Do not be unbelieving, but believing. That's what the Lord is saying to you. Do not be unbelieving. Do not be unbelieving. Don't have an unbelieving mentality. Remember what I said that faith exists, doesn't exist in a vacuum, right? It's within a belief system. So if your belief system is messed up, how will you have faith? Now look at this. Uh-huh. And Thomas answered to him and said, My Lord and my God. But look at what he said. Jesus said to him, Thomas, because you have seen me, you have believed. I want us to read it for ourselves. Start. Jesus said, uh-huh. Okay, start from Jesus said.
Thomas didn't get a blessing. Wait. Let me say this again. There was no blessing for Thomas. Let me say that again. He didn't get a blessing. Jesus didn't say, okay, seeing as you have examined and you've proven scientifically that truly I'm here because you put your hand here and your hand here and your hand here, so you said, my Lord and my God. You have believed. But blessed are those who have not seen yet have believed. There is... A, now, listen. If you feel good when a man of God blesses you, can you imagine Jesus blessing you? So, I want you to think about this. From, gener- from thousands of years ago, generations before, there's a blessing Jesus ordained. There's a blessing Jesus pronounced. And he blessed those who have not seen, yet they have believed. I'll give you an example of righteousness. Then the blessing of righteousness come when you believe. There are others who want to test themselves for three years to see. Blessed are those who have not seen, yet they've believed. Do you really believe? How, how, how hard does God need to convince you? When you've read it, do you believe it? Is it truth to you? When you see a message, an official notice, that the tariffs have gone up, do you wait until you buy for you to believe that they've really gone up? Or you immediately believe? Have you noticed that before you've even gone to the filling station, if your prices have gone up, you're already complaining. You've not even been to the filling station yet. There are so many areas we exercise faith, but when it comes to what God has said, do we really believe? Do you believe it because he said it? Do you believe? Do you believe? 2 Corinthians 4 verse 18. If you've noticed, I've already said in introducing the second kind of faith we're looking at. 2 Corinthians 4 verse 18. We'll start from verse 8. From verse 16, sorry. Before we read that, have you ever noticed that the Israelites had a believing problem? The moment Moses went up to be on the mountain with God, and they said, ah, guys, make us a God. We'll give you earrings. We just want something we can see, something we can touch. We just want this cow. And they had to make them a golden cow that were dancing around. They just wanted something they could relate with, something they could see, something they could touch. It was a believing problem. It was a believing problem. And I'll tell you something. That's why, and let me speak it, That's why I have trouble with people who've trained themselves to use substances to believe. There's a level of faith they don't reach. Listen, if you believe that Psalm 23 is working in your life because you've got a bangle, read it in Psalm 23. 
the day the bango is gone, what happens? If you believe that you're protected from people who turn into lizards because you've got a Bible under your pillow, the day the Bible is gone, what happens? If you believe that you are protected because you apply anointing oil every day, it means as the oil is finishing, your God is finishing. Because it means your God is finite. He finishes. And so you panic when the oil is done. The people who, we're going to look at the kinds of faith, by the way. The people who Jesus, there's a man who Jesus said, such faith I've never seen. Why? Because he didn't even need Jesus to go to his house. He just said, just speak the word. The, the highest realms of faith are when you believe the word. Those are the highest realms of faith. Let me put it like this. Then the Bible say, and as Jesus was teaching, the power of God was present to heal. The Bible says that, right? And he was teaching, and the power was present to heal. There are some people whose faith has only reached the level of unless hands are laid on me. But do you know that even as we are speaking, the power is present for different things. Don't, don't relate with God from a place of substances. You have trouble. You have trouble. You build, you build yourself a cow. You build yourself a cow. Be careful with that. That's why you find people end up having holy shrines. No, seriously. You check someone's prayer. Like someone's prayer life is, I wake up in the morning, put oil from here, then put water from here, then put this from here, put this from here, put this from here. My God, what are you doing? And sometimes it's like that because people are remembering their days of going to which doctors. So 2 Corinthians chapter 4, verse 16. The Bible says, therefore we do not lose heart. This is Paul speaking. And he says, though outward man is perishing, yet the inward man is being renewed by the day by day. Give me verse 18. And it says, for we do not look at the things which are seen, but the things which are not seen. Oh my goodness, he's now introducing something else. He's introducing seeing what people can't see. He's introducing seeing what can be seen. Seeing things that don't exist. And he says, we do not look at the things which are seen, but at the things which are not seen. For the things which are seen are temporary, but the things which are not seen are eternal. What does he mean when he says the things which are seen are temporary? It means they are subject to change. Maybe listen to me right now, your body is in bad condition, it's subject to change. You may be listening to me right now, there's a growth on your body. It's subject to change. You may be listening to me right now and you're in debt. It's subject to change. But there are certain things which if you are to look at, they are not subject to change. They are not. What Jesus did for your health is not subject to change. It's eternal. What Jesus did for your finances, it's eternal. It's not subject to change. And so he says, we look not at the things which are seen, but the things which are not seen. For that which is seen, it's temporal. It can change. It's got an expiry date. It can be molded. It can be shaped. It can change. But that which is not seen is eternal. What are you looking at? 
Let me give you one more scripture for tonight. How many of you are enjoying this? You know what I decided with this series? I decided I'll take my time. I decided I'll take my time. Matthew chapter, Mark chapter 11. I decided I will take my time. And we're going to read verse 23. From verse... We'll, we'll look into this scripture next week, but I want us just to say something. From verse 21. And Peter, remembering, said to him, Rabbi or teacher, look... The fig tree which you cursed has withered away. Somebody is going to say, that growth you cursed has dried up. I don't know about you, but I believe in miracles. Say, I believe in miracles. Say it again, I believe in miracles. You will learn why we talk, because faith comes by hearing. Faith comes by hearing. Sometimes, if there's, if there's no one to hear, hear yourself. So look, and what you speak with your mouth is even greater than what you're thinking in your head. Do you know that? You can prove it. Count in your head. Start counting. Start counting. Start counting. Say your name out loud. Again, say your neighbor's name. What has happened to the counting? Have you noticed that it's easy to interrupt your thoughts by talking? Oh, somebody's becoming a talker in this place. Eh? So now, now, the disciples says, look, the disciples were like, um, the fig tree that you withered, the, the fig tree that you cursed has withered away. Look at how Jesus replied. Jesus answered and said to them, have faith in God. Now, if you read this from its... Uh, proper text. Give me NLT. Let's, let's see what NLT says. I think NLT puts it. Uh, Amplified. No, there's, it's proper text. Let's see. How does the good news put it? If not, I'll just give it to you. Mm -mm. King James. Okay, I'll just explain it to you. Someone may be asking. Apostle Fred, how do you know which version for what and what and what and what? Um, I've actually done some theological training. Praise God. And the Bible was written in Greek. And there are 12,000 words in Greek, but 6,000 in English. And before it came to English, it was in Latin. And in Latin, it was called the Receptus Textus. Just in case you think we're making this up. If you read that in its Greek format, do you know what it you know what it will tell you? Two connotations. Either it will say, have the faith God has. Or it will say, have the God kind of faith. Have the faith God has, or have the God kind of faith. Have God's faith. Meaning, we talked about the human kind of faith, but there's another kind. It's the God kind of faith. It's the faith that he it's the faith that he used to create the world. Next verse. And he tells them, have the faith, have the God kind of faith. Uh -huh. And I say to you, whoever says to this mountain, 
So he's beginning to tell them, have the God kind of faith and you will see the Jesus kind of results. In short, listen, and I want you to hear me clearly. The results Jesus had are not limited to him. The results Jesus saw were not limited to him. He was trying to tell them that you too can have these kinds of results if you can have the same faith I have. And what faith is that? It's the God kind of faith. If you can learn how to apply it, if you can learn how to receive it, you too can have the same kinds of results. I want you to say after me, say, I, I produce the results that Jesus has. Meaning from now on, can I tell you, any time, any sort of doubt when I'm about to preach comes in, do you, know, do you know what I tell myself? I tell myself the same impact Jesus would have if he was the one preaching the sermon. That's the same impact I'll have. Imagine you tell yourself that before an exam. The same results Jesus would get if he was the one writing these exams. Those are the same quality of results I get. Somebody say praise the Lord. And I can tell you, if you want to have crazy, strong faith, you have to learn to start talking a certain way. But we'll get to that next week. So today what I wanted to show you is that the human kind of faith, which in our biblical context is not really faith, is a faith where you have to see to believe. It's where you have to wait and see something physical. Something that makes sense. But I'll tell you something. With God, it doesn't always make sense. It makes faith. Praise God. But then there's another kind of faith, which is called the God kind of faith. And this is the faith that produces the results that God has. It's the faith that produces such kind of results. And next week, we're going to look at the God 